Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So, when I, a female, was 19, I was looking for a room to rent in the city that I was moving to for college. It was about an hour away from my family. I wasn't having much luck and my mum started helping me look for a place. She found an ad on Craigslist for a room for like $300 in a house, everything included. The homeowner was a man and he rented the additional rooms upstairs to other women while he lived in the finished basement. The ad stated that he rarely ever saw the other roommates because he had a kitchen and his own entrance downstairs and that he preferred women because he had issues with male roommates in the past partying and causing damage. We decided to take a look since it was the cheapest that we could find in the area. My mum and I went to the house to view it. It was a decent house and a decent neighbourhood too. He opened the door and was very welcoming. He was middle-aged and the kitchen and the living room were furnished really nicely and clean. My mum loves to talk and get to know people so they were sort of engaged in conversation while I stood there quietly and observed the place. He then said that he would show me my room. We head to the staircase to go up, as I thought, since he said on the phone that my room was upstairs with the other roommates. But he opens another door and we follow. He takes us down to the basement and opens a door to a very small room. No closet and no windows. He proceeds to say that this is apparently my room and I'll be sharing the bathroom in the hallway with him and his bedroom did not have a door on it? I was definitely thinking absolutely not, this is weird, but they were so deep in conversation that 
I really couldn't interject. He then leads us to the upstairs and shows us the other rooms, which the doors were open and says that they're currently rented. He then starts telling us elaborate stories about the other women, not very nice stories too, describing like drinking problems and stuff like that. My mum was listening intently, but I took the time to investigate further. I looked in all three rooms and the bathrooms. There was furniture, but not a single item in there that looked like it belonged to a woman. No clothes or anything. Only men's clothes in one of the closets. He had no problem with me creeping around his tenant's room without their permission. I then heard him tell my mum that he has some of his stuff in their closets, but they don't mind and... I'm just like, uh, why the heck would a tenant pay you for you to use their space as storage? I was feeling really uncomfortable and started moving them back downstairs as they talked. My mum had mentioned when we arrived that her and my dad were going on vacation the next week, but I couldn't go because I had to work. He brought it up again and that I should come by next week and have dinner with him and the roomies to see if we would all get along. I said sure to this and we just left. As soon as we got in the car, I told my mum that I would definitely not be living there. She was dumbfounded. I had to explain to her not only did he lie about the room that I would be in, that I was not supposed to be in the basement with him as well as share a bathroom with him, and he didn't even have a door, but also did she not notice how no one else even lived there? She still didn't get it and thought that I was just being paranoid and thought that he was nice and it was a cheap deal. In the end too, I had to explain it to my stepdad and get him to tell her by no means would I be living there. I tried to report the post but by the time that we got home that day, he had removed it. I think that he may have been planning on doing something at dinner or abducting me and holding me hostage in that basement room that had no way to escape. Also, before I finish, I would just like to add some details. So, this happened in 2011, so it's been quite a while. When he took us upstairs, there was a wide landing that was surrounded by the rooms. And as soon as we got up there, he motions towards one of the rooms and started this long, intricate story about the woman who lived in there and talking about her alcoholism and a crazy ex. He was very exaggerated in how he talked with a, a lot of gestures. My mum stood there listening the whole time. I, I don't know if it was sheer distraction or she just didn't want to be rude, like not listening and all, but either way, I don't recall her ever having a good look around those rooms. I went and looked, obviously. All the doors were open, had neatly made beds with dark wood bed frames, mirrors, nightstands, stuff like that. There were sliding mirror closets and... They were completely empty except for one had men's clothes hanging pushed against one corner. Nothing was on the nightstands other than a lamp and nothing on the bureaus. I went into the bathrooms and there was nothing on the vanity in them other than like hand soap I guess. I looked in the showers too but nothing other than bar soap. The bedroom on the left had an empty suitcase laying open in the middle of the bed. This was one of the rooms with the empty closet. But after seeing all this, I came back onto the landing and started slowly heading down the stairs. They were still talking and absentmindedly followed me down to the living room. That's when he mentioned dinner and we left shortly after and I think that's why my mum didn't notice a lot and didn't believe me at first. She didn't take more than a quick glance upstairs and when we were in the basement, 
he was sort of just as talkative, I guess. Someone who works in law enforcement pointed out once to me that this was probably actually a, a sex trafficking situation. The bedroom in the basement is where a victim is likely kept, drugged and abused until broken and then trafficked. I honestly think that this is more plausible with the situation as well as my city is actually a hotspot for that. I honestly think too that this is more plausible with the situation as well as my city is actually a hotspot for this. I'm just grateful that we got out of there in the end and I hope my experience could help someone one day notice the details and get out of the situation safely. Like I said, this guy was obviously lying about a lot of things. There was nobody else in that house and if I had taken it and been the only one there with him, who knows what would have happened. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm going to try to keep this brief as I have this memory burned into my brain with great detail. I'll try to summarize it. So I was about six or seven years old and my mother and I were on a routine grocery run to our local Walmart. I remember getting out of the car and walking up to the entrance. We had parked sort of off in the back, so we had a little walk to the front. As we walk up, I see a homeless man asking for change from every person that walks by. He asks the woman in front of us for change, and as she turns him down, he scoffs and begins to say something rude at the woman. My mother and I walked past him with haste to avoid conflict, as he seems to be extremely agitated. We get inside and get our groceries and everything is fine. As we load up and begin to leave, I remember my mother pulling out $2 to specifically give the man as he is presumably still at the entrance begging. My mother, trying to avoid conflict, wants to hand him the money and be on our way so we don't end up getting harassed as the woman before us did. As we walk out, I sort of raise my arms up to my mother in a little kid fashion to be picked up as I'm obviously scared of the encounter that we're about to have with this guy. My mother picks me up and we begin to leave the store. Before the man can even ask us for the money, my mother hands him the cash and we walk away conflict-free. I'm being held by my mother at this point with my head facing behind her. And as we're about halfway to our car, I look up from the pavement and look at the man who is now staring directly at me with the most sinister face that I've ever seen. His features are distorted, and what I can only describe as 
demonic. He's smiling and sticking his tongue out, but his tongue was almost to his chest. He lets out this long hiss as his eyes roll into the back of his head, seemingly invisible to the other people passing him. I still to this day do not understand too how I was so far away but heard his hiss as if it was right next to my ear. I'm sure that it could all be just dismissed as a homeless guy that was on drugs but I truly think that this was a demon. It messed me up for a really long time and to this day it's a big factor in my belief of the paranormal. This happened a little while back now when I was 15. I had just discovered the rebellious act of sneaking out. This was probably my fourth or fifth time doing it, I think. And this one night, I decided to go and meet up with my boyfriend. At this point in time, we weren't really together, but we liked each other. And you know how that goes. When you're with someone that you like, you tend to not really pay attention to what's going on around you. The night starts out fine though and we're having a good time. I don't remember exactly what we were talking about because we had gotten pretty high but I do remember what happened. We'd met up and gone to this elementary school that had a decent sized field with some hills and trees towards the end. It's important for me to explain this in order for you to understand how things went down too so bear with me here. So from where you're sitting we had a very clear view of the school as well as the school's basketball court. The school was illuminated from the sidelights, so we could easily see if anyone walked by, but it wasn't necessarily easy for people to see us. And to our left was a little pavement path that led into a townhouse complex. So, we're just sitting there at the edge of this field, looking at the stars and talking about random stuff when we start to hear the crunch of gravel coming from the school. Because we're high and paranoid, we immediately turn our attention to the illuminated basketball court. And we watch as this guy just walks by with his bike and doesn't seem to notice us. After he passes, we almost instantly forget about it and resume talking, laughing and just being generally a bit loud. Perhaps 10 minutes later, we hear that same crunch of gravel, so we go silent and look towards the school. Once again, it's the bike guy, but this time, once he reaches the basketball court, he doesn't keep walking. Instead, he stops at the edge of the field that we're sitting on and just stares out at it for maybe a minute or so, kind of like he was looking for us. We're a little bit creeped out at this point, so we start packing our things to leave. Then this dude begins walking towards us. Once he stepped out onto the field too, it became much more difficult to see him as the light from the school only lit so much up. We take this as our cue to leave though and... The only way to leave without being extremely visible is to take the path into the townhouses. So that's what we do. We try our best to be quiet, obviously, and we walk through the pitch black path that leads to the townhouse complex. Keep in mind that we are not sober, so we're extra freaked out. I check behind us constantly and for some reason just could not shake the feeling that something bad was going to happen. We finally reach the end of the pitch black path and make it into the decently lit townhouse complex. We ease up a little bit at this point and begin trying to find our way to the main entrance or exit because that's the closest way out besides the way that we came in. 
We're walking through the complex and start talking once more. And finally, we turn the corner to leave. And just as we're about to leave, we see this same guy with his bike right at the entrance. We all stop for maybe two seconds. And then this guy drops his bike and darts right at us insanely quickly. I mutter a quick, oh no, and my boyfriend and I begin sprinting as fast as we can away from this guy. We turn the random corners and go down little back alleys, not once checking behind ourselves. I don't know when or where we lost this guy, but when we became tired and took a stop behind some bushes, we both noticed that there was no man in sight. We stay in this same position for uh, about 20 minutes, I would guess, trying to calm down a bit. At this point, we're both pretty much sobered up, so we decide to try and leave again. We begin walking through the complex once more, and when we make our way back to the main entrance, we both see that guy's bike is now gone. We're both unsettled by this because now we know that he's no longer in the townhouse complex. We have no clue where this guy is too, or if he's just going to randomly appear again. Luckily for us... We both made it home safe that night, but I'll never forget that feeling of my heart sinking when we saw the bike guy blocking our way out. It was by far one of the creepiest things that I've ever experienced, and I often wonder what that guy wanted. Our McDonald's pre-global panini by several years was a 24-hour store. As my wife worked until 3am and I was on her sleep schedule so she wouldn't be lonely, about 4am we were hungry and decided to grab some food. We ordered and were waiting at the window when we saw this guy walk up. I'm getting the nastiest feeling coming over me though and dread, despair, terror. I wanted to bolt from our car and run for my life. The guy, though, just casually walked to the restaurant and when he passed under the streetlight, I saw this thing floating behind him. It was freaky, about six feet tall, all black except for a large white face. The face had dark sunken eyes and multiple sharp teeth poking out between its lips. It had long arms with clawed hands on the man's shoulder and below the hips it just sort of dissipated, so no legs. My wife hasn't said anything and usually isn't sensitive to the paranormal, so I really didn't expect anything. But as the man walked out of the light, the thing vanished from sight and I heard our car doors lock. I looked at my wife, who was pale and wide-eyed. She just goes, tell me you saw that. I confirmed and we just sort of sat and watched the guy continue his walk and into the restaurant. Seeing it, though was just, I don't know, crazy and scary. The fact that my wife could also see it was absolutely terrifying to me. Also, I just want to say that what I saw, I didn't speak about until she said her piece. I didn't want to influence her and that's the way that she prefers it, to be honest. So what my wifey says that she saw was a, a large black shape with wispy ends below the waist instead of legs. She didn't say that she saw the face, but she described the long arms and clawed hands. She said that she'd started paying attention because she felt nauseous and uneasy when the guy started walking up and that she was worried about him trying to come up to our car since 
he was acting like he was severely angry. Anyway, I don't know what I saw that night, but it is something that I'll never forget. So this happened about four years ago. My dad works nights, so I'm home alone until about 2.30 in the morning most days. We live in a pretty quiet area where people usually keep to themselves. But one night at about uh, maybe one in the morning, there was a knock at the door, and when I checked out people, there was a young woman with a car parked near the curb in front of my house. I answered, and she looked really young, maybe 15 or 16, or just looked very youthful, I guess. In short, she looked just barely old enough to be driving. She told me that she was having car trouble though and asked if I could come and check it out and possibly give her a car jump. At this time, I didn't drive, have a car of my own or knew very much about cars so I was of little help to be honest but offered to call someone if she needed AAA or a tow service. She declined but kept insisting that I check out the lights on her dashboard to see if it was normal. At this point, I just didn't want to be outside with a stranger, so I politely informed her that I'd be of little help because I had no knowledge of cars. I went back inside but kept looking through the peephole. And then I noticed that she opened the back door to the car, got into the back seat of it, and the car drove off. And it instantly made my stomach drop and had me extremely freaked out. I was kind of distraught thinking about what the real reason was to approach my house like that and even who was driving. Just the entire thing left me confused and frightened. I spent the next few days a little on edge because I was afraid that they may return knowing that someone is there or that I was alone. I also think of that girl and who she was. I wish I had a video doorbell at the time so I could find out if she was a victim of some sort or something. I don't know. The whole thing still bothers me a lot and it was just a really eerie night. So I live in a county that was pretty rural until the last 10 or 15 years. The biggest town in our county is pretty crowded now though and overcrowded in fact and I hate it. But I moved from there to the countryside. I like where I live except it can be really creepy at nights I guess because for miles and miles it's just dark and no streetlights. Anyway, one thing about this county is that the main roads, they always get backed up real quick. Or there's an accident or whatever so it really pays to go to the back roads. The back roads, like any other rural place, are less populated, dark, lots of trees, and no sidewalks. And a few years ago, something happened that almost made me stop using them. So I was driving home kind of late one night. I decided to take one particular back road that shaved off like 10 minutes from my commute home. I was tired and had to get up early, so I was just going fast trying to get home soon. This road is a, a little more populated than some, but it is super spooky in some stretches because there's these huge trees that are along the side of the road and their branches and leaves make a tunnel of sorts. But I'm just sort of zipping through and around a curve, and up ahead I see what I thought was a giant garden flag. You know the flags that people put up in the spring in the yards? 
Well, I thought it was a weird flag because it seemed like it was fairly tall and large and it was right in the middle of the road. As I get closer, my headlights hit it and it's not a flag. It's a person. A lady. She was wearing a red fez. I live in rural Maryland. You just don't see a fez every day. A long, flowy white dress and an orange reflective sash across her chest. It was a little strange because, I mean, she's in the middle of the street. But as I drove past her, man, it got so much weirder. As dark as it was, as I drove by, I could see that she was about 60. She had glasses and I could see her bright blue eyes. She looked in my passenger window and then she started doing this weird bounce thing is the only way that I can describe it. I thought that she was going to try and get into my car to be honest. Mind you, I'm going pretty fast. I don't know what it was about her though, but she freaked me out, man. I didn't think that she would rob me. I really thought that she was just a... I know this sounds crazy, but a soul snatcher or a skinwalker or something like that. I honestly didn't think that she was human. I know that that's going to be hard for some people to believe, but I can't adequately describe just how creepy this woman was. I sped past her at any rate as fast as I could. I kept glancing in my backseat to make sure that she had not materialized in my car. I prayed, recited scripture, and kept watching in my rearview mirror. It was spring, so it was a little warm, but man, I just felt bone-chillingly cold. I finally make it home though and I run in to tell my mum the story and I got in just as my brother was telling my mum about this weird lady that he saw as he was driving and it turned out to be the same lady but he saw her at the intersection from the highway and the back road whereas I saw her further down the road. We both had the same reaction though and she also tried looking into his car. She was also bouncing around when he saw her too and he said that there was a car in front of him too that sped off just as quickly when they drove past this lady as well. My brother was so freaked out that he won't actually travel that road anymore during the day even. Eventually though, I found out that the lady, she lives in the woods there. Apparently at one time her family lived on that road. Her father was ill and she tried to take him to the hospital. He apparently died on the way there and she drove around with his body in her car for like hours. I don't know. I guess that she has mental health issues and I think she lost the house or got kicked out or something. I have friends that live off of that street so when I was talking about it they knew exactly who it was. I still go on that road but I haven't seen her since thankfully. I do hope that she's okay but I really do not want to run into her again like that. So, if you guys don't know where Costa Rica is, it's a little, really tiny country located in Central America. Even though the country is small and you can travel from coast to coast in like half a day, there are some places that due to the dense rainforest and jungle, traveling to those places can take many hours. And this is the case of the province of Limon, located at the Caribbean coast of the country. 
So yesterday, I had to travel to Le Mans because a friend of mine sold his pickup truck to a guy from there and he needed to deliver it to him, so obviously he needed transport on the way back. We went there and we did the sale, all went as planned, and after doing that, we thought that it wouldn't be a bad idea to go and visit some beaches, so we did that. Long story short, the night fell upon us and we needed to quickly go back to the city, but it was like a four or five hour drive and we didn't have that time because in Costa Rica, due to the COVID cases, we have restrictions on the use of vehicles from 9pm to 5am. So, in an attempt to not get caught by the police, I decided to take an old road through the mountains instead of going through the highway Route 32. So like around 9.30pm I started the mountain route. To be honest too I was sort of hyped to drive there because mountain roads are fun to drive in my opinion and they also have a bit of a chill vibe. And anyway around 10.30pm me and my friend were listening to music and having a chat while driving when what appeared to be another car going fast started tailgating us. I started going faster in an attempt to lose the other car but it just didn't work. The car kept tailgating me and was literally driving in the same way as me. Same speed, same braking, same way of cornering. That was really weird and a little bit scary to be honest. It was my friend who actually noticed that first. The car kept tailgating me for like 15 to 20 minutes though and as I said earlier, we were driving through an old mountain road so the pavement was in a really bad condition. After my friend told me to slow down, I listened, so I put on my emergency lights, slowed down and tried to give space and signals to the car that was tailgating to overtake me. But instead, the car started honking aggressively. I got a little bit mad, so I started going fast again. At this point, I thought the people in that car were trying to steal my car, so I was worried too. The mysterious car kept following me though until we arrived at a bridge. In the middle of the bridge... The lights of the car that was tailgating just suddenly disappeared. The car just sort of vanished. I thought that the car had an accident, so at the end of the bridge I parked the car on the side of the road and started looking. I even took a flashlight to see if it fell into the river or crashed into the sides of the bridge or something, but when I did, there was nothing. What I mean is that the car that was tailgating and following me for like an hour just completely vanished. Obviously, I was terrified, so I ran into my car and drove as fast as I could to get home. Also, the car looked like a sort of 90s white Corolla or Nissan Sentra from what I could see. So that was suspicious from the beginning because how in the world an old sedan would go up the same speed as a BMW M3 on the uphill was just sort of impossible to be honest. Me and my friend still really can't find an explanation on how that happened and we were just so confused. Anyway, let me know what you think or if you've had similar experiences with ghost cars like this because it's something that has me scratching my head. Several months ago, I shared my experience with an unwelcome visitor who knocks on our windows late at night and plays carnival music. This is an update on that situation as a lot of people have requested it. 
So shortly after sharing my first story, I had almost convinced myself our intruder was gone when, as I was staying up in the early hours of the morning to finish a bit of homework, I heard a noise in the yard just outside of my bedroom. I sat there listening, but could only detect something like machinery. It was not a sound that I recognized. I couldn't imagine what was causing the noise unless the air conditioning was misbehaving or something. But once it had quieted down, I finished working and I went to sleep. About two nights later, I would guess, I heard a loud grinding around the same hour, but again just couldn't determine the source, however alarming the volume was. And the following morning, my father discovered that someone had sabotaged our air conditioning unit by first removing a piece of its inner machinery and later throwing it into the fan while it was spinning, effectively destroying its blades and a few other pieces. The part that had presumably been taken the first time I was disturbed by the activity in the yard, it was allegedly thrown back in the second time. I had noticed it only because the outdoor unit is mounted against my bedroom. We thought initially that the piece, and forgive me for the ambiguous language as I'm not very technologically savvy, had loosened by itself and broken down, but we called our repairman who begged to differ. He was actually surprised by the degree of damage and insisted that he had never seen it happen naturally, suspecting that someone had removed several screws and tampered with the unit. He thought my father had attempted to work on it and caused the trouble, but of course he hadn't. A few days after the damaged parts had been fully replaced, my mother was leaving for a doctor's appointment when she began yelling and called the family into the yard. Our electric box was open in the night and left ajar as if someone had been trying to find a wire to cut our electricity or disable a suspected indoor security system. We had been outside several times since the repairman finished his work and we're certain that he closed the electric box if he ever even opened it. We have weathered several severe hurricanes here and winds are not strong enough to open our electric box, which means that a person had to have done it. Anyway, weeks passed without incident, my parents opting to overlook these concerning happenings. My father tried to explain the air conditioner is a freak occurrence, but they purchased a new gun and did little else. Towards the beginning of summer though, my grandfather mentioned that a couple of weeks prior when we were in vacation, he'd seen a red jeep drive the lengthy distance from the road through our private property to our house in broad daylight. He didn't recognize the driver but approached and questioned him. The man claimed that he was looking for a woman that lived in a trailer. The person he claimed that he was looking for had the name of a family friend that lived hours away from us. But the man was behaving strangely and my grandfather was not convinced by his story. He ordered him to leave immediately. Our family that lives around us on the farm is reinforcing their doors, installing extra locks and keeping their children out of the yards until we find out what's going on. They won't even let them walk home from the bus stop anymore. But I had stopped worrying over it as much because I've been preoccupied with moving to a new state. But unfortunately, the old knocking return this evening at 10pm. My parents were watching television together when they heard it and they turned on the porch light and peered out the peephole of the back door to investigate but they saw no one. At 3am I was awake watching television when it sounded as if someone forcefully punched the glass of the usually exposed window. I covered it with a blanket as I always do 
and an hour after I covered the window, I began to hear loud noises from our back door porch of the kitchen, as if someone had stepped onto it. However, it was briefly lived. They apparently weren't walking around, but just simply standing there. About ten minutes after, I heard yet more knocking, except this time it wasn't on the exposed living room window, but further down the wall the window was on, next to the couch that is. It was three knocks, forceful enough to rattle the wall a bit, but not so much the couch moved. This is obviously more alarming because it suggests the trespasser lingers here for several hours at a time, which poses more questions. Like, are we being watched for an opportunity to force entry? Hasn't the opportunity already arisen in the past and they never took it? Are we being stalked? Do they gather here to drink and get high on the property or something and then decide in their stupor that it will be funny to antagonize us? Why is it only our house that is targeted and not the other houses on the farm? Why do they walk several miles to come here? Whatever the case, their behavior is escalating. And will they eventually take things further? I don't know. I woke up my mother though and we sat awake together until the sun rose just to keep watch. We compiled a list of happenings here that suggest too that our trespasser visits more frequently than they knock. Despite no one in the family smoking and anyone who does smoke lives too far away for us to smell it, we often deal with the strong scent of a cigarette around windows or the front back doors of the house and stuff like that. This happens at our bedroom windows with alarming regularity too. Other times it's strange cologne or chemical stench like a fresh perm sort of thing. We of course remembered how my aunt's dogs will bark intensely at odd hours of the night like they do when a stranger visits and the motion detecting yard light has previously come on when no one is home at my grandfather's too so all of this stuff really tells a bit of a story. My mother and I are going to walk around the perimeter of the house in the morning to look for cigarette butts and we'll try convincing my father that we at least need security cameras outside, even though I think that we should involve the police at this point. He's been too indifferent to everything that's happened so far and it makes it challenging to be proactive about our safety. He's hoping that nothing bad happens before, well, we figure out what's going on. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, 
You can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.